count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you church. It's good to see you here today. Uh, it's actually better than seeing you and seeing this guy back. Um, just, we're glad Justin's back um, in more than one way, but um, mostly we're just glad that God's bringing healing to his body, uh, and we're just thankful for that. So um, let's just uh, stand, and we're going to open with prayer, and then we're going to worship. 
Lord God, we come to you today, we just want to worship you and just want to be in your presence and you just want to um, have what you have for us. God, as we start this series on the Holy Spirit, um, I ask that you go ahead and bring your spirit into this room, into our lives, and um, more importantly, God, that you make yourself real to us during this time. So whatever you have for us, we're open to it today, and um, we claim your whole, the name of Jesus higher and higher. In your name we pray. Amen.
this up, and I'm going to get you guys sticking with us. And you're going to wonder what you're going to do, aren't you? Put a little uh, Tom Petty, John Mayer in there. You guys sing. I got it. It is Mother's Day, right? So happy Mother's Day to everyone. And so um, we're going to have a little different song here just to kind of um, go ahead. It's called A Mother's Prayer. Teach 
I heard Wes here. I hear his laugh. So. All right. Good. Good to see everyone here today. 
Um, it's good to see more and more people all the time. I think it's just really good. And uh, Welcome to those who are on uh, church online as well. Okay, um, we are going to be in our first week of the series called The Holy Spirit. We finished up Minefield, and um, I, uh, looking back, that's, I think that Minefield is a, is a series that I think I'll kind of stick with us uh, for a while if we really go through that. Uh, it's so good to see, like, people. You know, I'm just thinking it's pretty awesome. What? Hi, hey, talk to the governor and talk to God. All right. Um, but anyway, so, um, but it is good to see people. And um, we do want to keep in mind that there are still people who are really suffering from this thing. So um, don't, lose, don't lose sight of that. All right. Again, you guys know because kids are here. Um, Sunday school reopening is still here. It's open. And for nursery and Sunday school, uh, getting the, seeing the registrations every week, seeing those climb are really, really good to see those things. And we're, we're doing things as, in uh, church to kind of make sure that's, that happens even more. So youth group is meeting um, and, uh, every Sunday after church. And anyone's welcome for that in that youth group age. And you can start registering again um, on Monday. Again, we talk about our Stephen ministry if you're facing a crisis. Um, uh, let me say, while you're you're facing a crisis because I think everybody has some kind of crisis. Um, so while you're facing that, if you need somebody to journey with you, Stephen Ministry is here for that. Paris Foundation, uh, May 16th, which is next week, uh, volunteers are needed to prepare 60 dinner bags um, uh, for, for the Paris Foundation. And again, drop off will be at the um, uh, Paris Foundation in Elkton. Um, is it still over in the um, Hollingsworth area? Okay. At the Family Center uh, over there. So between 4 and 4.15 on next Sunday. So if you will be willing to connect to that, that would be great. And something we've done since the earliest point of the church, on uh, Mother's Day, we start a baby bottle drive uh, for, um, for the pregnancy center. See, it's kind of pregnancy center. You can take a baby bottle. Um, I would not put it to your mouth, um, but um, unless you want to come up with some kind of new disease. Um, but anyway, um, you can go ahead, fill it with um, change, checks, money, whatever else. And then we take it uh, today, we start on Mother's Day, and on Father's Day, we bring that back, and then we collect those and give those to the Cecil County Pregnancy Center so that they can help with um, the mission that they're doing in our community. So, um, and Father's Day will be June 20th, and all that will go to the Cecil County uh, Pregnancy Center. I know I did uh, announcements first, but you'll bear with me, all right? Um, I do want to go to our prayer right now, and... Um, we got a couple different people to pray for um, in here. Please always keep those in your prayers who we have regularly have prayers for. Oh, here's some more. Thank you, Dina. Um, and so um, a couple of those, and somebody's going to hand me another one. Um, a couple of those is uh, uh, of the prayers that we do have. Number one, here, Patty. Thank you. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to talk, like I'm going to gain an uh, award show and the... Uh, somebody's giving us, but anyway, um, Tina Smith, we want to pray for, she is headed to the ER, um, also we received from Phil Chavez, we asked for prayers for his mother, for, um, salvation and healing, um, also Patty is lifting up prayers for her brother Paul, who was diagnosed with kidney cancer and is in a lot of pain, um, anybody know Paul, Paul, Paul is a very tough guy, um, with a golden heart, but, um, we want to go ahead and, um, and lift him in your prayers as well. Um, we also want to lift up in prayers um, one of our own. Um, you, some of you may know uh, Vince and Shelly Bamba. Um, they, they've been attending here. Um, and many of you who've been around this area remember Bamba's over here, um, the uh, pizza and everything else that's been over there. Um, Vince yesterday had a heart attack and died. He is 49 years old, was 49 years old. So please pray for Shelly and their two small kids um, in this time. Um, some of you may have seen Vince around here, uh, walking around church, and um, just a really, really uh, neat guy and family. And so um, we're, 
we're all kind of jo- we're jolted. Can you imagine how Shelly and um, and also um, the the family is? And and Mr. Bamba is still in his 90s, and um, and Vince is, uh, is his grandfather, and everything else. So that's really kind of a major jolt to uh, the uh, family and the church family as well. Uh, so continue to lift them in your prayers as well. And um, so now we need some joy. It is Jim's birthday. Jim, thank, happy birthday back there. Um, Jim does a lot here, and uh, many people don't know everything that he does. And, uh, and so we're thankful that God has him still with us and um, rolling along. All right? So those are some of our prayers. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we um, recognize there are many, many needs. Um, we lifted some of those up today. We lifted up Tina, who's right now in the ER. Uh, Lorraine, um, Phil's uh, mother. Um, for uh, Paul Smith, I've known him for a long, long time. Consider him family, and God, we know that um, what's here, and I know that he knows. And um, so we just ask that you go ahead and continue to work your Holy Spirit in the midst of all things. Um, for, um, for birthdays, we give you celebration, and thank you for a birthday for Jim. Um, may have many more. And yet, God, in the midst of that, we recognize that um, the uh, mystery of death has stricken our church family, and particularly the Bamba family. Be with Shelly and the kids as they go through this uh, dark valley. Um, Years that were expected are no longer here. But God, I I do know that Vince had a love for you, and we know that he is present with you here today. So help us to be your hands and feet, um, your your arms to to just love and surround um, this family with every ounce of love that you had. And for these and all things, God, we're going to give you praise for his life and for um, your life that in ours uh, never ends. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody says amen. All right, I'm going to get a drink here real quick, and then we're going to continue on. It is a... um, it is a new series day, so if you came today for the first time in a while, yay, you get in on our first deal here. And um, it's a series about the Holy Spirit. Again, your QR code is here. If you didn't get a bulletin or didn't want a paper bulletin, you can go ahead, take out your smartphone, and we'll leave it up there for a little bit because we know everybody's like, ah, I'll get my phone. Um, you can go ahead, just get to your camera, press it on there, and it'll open up into a place, and you can go ahead and have the bulletin right in front of you um, with no paper. We save trees. We do all that kind of fun stuff, right? Okay. All right, but that's up there. But we are going to start a series on the Holy Spirit, and... Um, and it's a, it's, a, um, it's a good series. Now, right now, I know some people sat up a little bit more when I said Holy Spirit because, you know, you kind of clench a little bit. Um, but don't worry. Um, it's, that's why I'm doing this series because of a lot of different things. So um, our theme verse is going to be from Acts uh, 19, 1 through 2. And I'm going to show you, I really want to show you, I think it shows us best why this series is so important. And so um, let me put context down for the first thing. There are four different accounts of, uh, of the life of Jesus. We call those the Gospels. Historically, that's what we've called them, the Gospels. And we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There we go. Good job. And then um, somebody passed Sunday school. All right. Um, but I do re- uh, we also know that then from there, after all they have a different account of the life of, of Jesus in different ways, we then go to something that was written by Luke, who also wrote the book of? Yes, he wrote Acts, but what else did he write? Luke, there we go, okay. All right, so see, they're giving the answer before I even was ready there. Um, and many, many scholars actually slapped it together, call it Luke Acts, as one book. But Luke was a physician. He was also a, uh, a person who traveled with the Apostle Paul. So when you find out about things about when they shipwrecked on the Isle of Malta, he'll say, 
the natives met us. And so you get a first-person kind of account of some things here. So the book of Acts is actually a historic record of uh, the early church. As a matter of fact, it's in many of your Bibles, particularly the older ones, if you look at the title page, it says the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I actually believe it's titled wrong. I think it should be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles is what I believe. But still, it's the early church, a historical record, and it, start, and it just is all about the Holy Spirit. Um, it starts with the Holy Spirit and goes all the way through. So right now, the church has started. It's been rolling along, and we are now in chapter 19 of the book of Acts. Now, this means decades have, ha- have happened. Like, we don't think of, like, chapters as being decades, but decades have happened since Jesus has ascended into heaven, and Paul is traveling here. So let's, um, and, and this shows what's still going on. I think this will also show us why this is an important series. So let's look at Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 2. And here's what it says. While Apollos was at Corinth, and many of you know the book of Corinthians, Paul wrote a letter to them, and so that's why, or a couple letters to them. That's why he this. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Now, Ephesus, we have the book of Ephesians. So Paul wrote to them. So what's really cool is if you take the book of Acts and go through and you see a place, often you can go ahead and match it with one of the letters that Paul wrote and see why he was there. And he said, there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. Now, what do we have here? Paul is not, is not staying in Corinth. He's going ahead. He's going to Ephesus. He found believers in Jesus, people who heard the gospel, had accepted Christ. Let's put it in 20th century and 21st century. They were saved. Okay, they, they accepted Jesus. And um, they, asked, they asked a question decades later, and they said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so... A lot, like a lot that's going on here. We'll see what they said. Look, let's look at this next verse. I think it's here, right? Do we have it? If not, they say this. Um, They said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Keep in mind, decades went on. Decades went on. They were believers. They were going to heaven. But when Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, "What, what the heck is this Holy Spirit stuff? And it's a lot like today. There's a lot of people going to heaven who've experienced Jesus Christ who said, I accept the gift that you have for me on the cross. I accept that you saved me, that I need a savior. You're it, and I have sinned. You paid for it, so I'm going to heaven. They love and they know God, but they haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's for many reasons, but one of those is the Holy Spirit is given a bad rap. Uh, Many people are afraid of it, afraid of him, excuse me. Many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit, um, and I think it's based on bad theology, uh, bad theology that has practiced. Like, for instance, another name of the Holy Spirit is that, that, that Holy Ghost. I'm going to get that Holy Ghost. And many of us go, mm, I don't like ghosts anyway. I'm not even trying to, I'm not even trying to go there. You know, boo, I, I like Casper. That's about it. All right, so, but a lot of people are like that. You hear the Holy Ghost, you hear ghost, you think bad. Anybody say, oh, ghost, let's be cool. I remember years ago, we went, when the kids were real little, we went to the um, Plumpton Park Zoo for the uh, haunted whatever it is, haunted animals or whatever the heck they are. Um, there you go, zombies at the zoo. I, I don't know. But I know, I know one thing. When we walked in and they started talking about ghosts, I know Judah and Hannah were flipping out. And I wasn't too keen about it either. I'm like, let's just get out of here, you know. So I think there's a fear that's naturally there. We call it, we call it the Holy Ghost. And the more southern you get, the more ghost it gets, Right? <laughs> 
All right, you know, the Holy Ghost, right? So that's where we get to. All right. Now, um, and, and so we have that. Another thing is we go through this whole kind of concept that if I really go in on this Holy Spirit, I'm either going to wear a lot of makeup or none at all. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, like, ah, the big hair, ah, right? You know what I'm talking about. I used to have a shirt years ago that said I ran into Tammy, Tammy Faye at the beach and had smeared makeup. Any remember that? Um, so I, I had that years ago, all right? So what I'm saying is there is a lot of confusion that is connected to the Holy Spirit. And it's just, and a lot of that comes from bad theology and it's just wrong. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to commit to this series. Commit to the next four weeks of this series. And I'm going to explain to you the person, the third person of the Trinity, not in it, uh, and show how important he is in your life and my life and the important role in your life. And he just wants you to open up to him. Because ultimately, my role as a pastor is to lead you and feed you. All right? We just spent um, several weeks, four weeks, feeding. Uh, I led you to a place, to a pastor where we started feeding on a minefield and talking about transforming and renewing our minds. What a great way to go ahead and kick in than to do something that's probably been one of the most controversial things in the church and shouldn't be, um, where we go ahead and say, okay, I'm leading you to another pastor and it's time to feed on the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm coming with. So what I want you to do is come with a blank page. I remember years ago, um, if anything was different, I didn't like it. Like when somebody put guacamole on my plate, I'm like, ooh, it's green, right? Now I will eat it all the time. I love it all the time. The spicier, the better. I will give me guacamole, I'm good, all right? Years ago, I didn't like onions, but I went at one point at a blank slate, sat at a table, ate it, love it, okay? I will tell you, I'm not gonna do that with coconut, so don't even start. So uh, the Holy Spirit's not coconut, it is guacamole. So I want you to sit down and have an interesting discussion. So first thing is, we're gonna, I'm gonna introduce you to his nature his nature, to the word itself that we translate spirit or ghost um, in our scriptures. Do you realize that 800 times in the Bible there's spirit or ghost in reference to the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, right? And so what I want to do is I want to I start with some scholastic kind of stuff for our brain. And the, the, the Bible was written in two different languages. We have the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew. And we have the New Testament, which was written in Koine Greek. Now in Hebrew... Um, there, the Old Testament word is ruach. Okay, there it is right there. And because it's Hebrew, you like kind of end it like you got a popcorn kernel in the back of your throat, like ruach. Okay? Uh, yeah, you got mask on, so we can try this. Ready? Ruach. Ah, yeah, somebody's like spitting everywhere. Thank God for the mask. Um, but what it just means, and so ruach hakodesh is actually Holy Spirit. And in Hebrew, and it says, it is a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. So you see the translators had, an, had a problem, had an issue. Are they going to say the Father, Son, and Holy Breath? Or the, 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 the Father, the Son, and the Holy Wind? I mean, that doesn't seem right. Like, that just seems, seems off to us in the English language. And so they didn't want that, so they came up with some different words to kind of work with this uh, spirit and also a ghost. Here is a verse where this is used right here from the second verse in the Bible from Genesis chapter 1-2. Here it is right here. Um, now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the, whole, the surface of the deep, and the ruach of God 
was hovering over the world. The breath of God, the wind of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, so that is the Old Testament. Everybody got that one? All right, so then the New Testament is written in Greek, and Greek has a word that you will know. Justin really knows this one. Here it is right here. Pneuma is where we get our term pneumonia from. It's where we get that from. That's why we, you ever said, why do we put a P in front of pneumonia? This is why. This is why. And look what it means. A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Father, Son, and holy strong breeze. That doesn't seem right, doesn't? It seems like odd. So then, again, the translators had this problem that uh, goes across languages. And so here's, here's a verse from this one. From John chapter 6, here we go right here. The words I have spoken to you are pneuma. They are life. They are a breath of fresh air. They are life. And so what we see is the words that God speaks to us are not just words. They're life-giving words. They're life-giving words, okay? So this is what I want for you and I want for me and I want for anybody who calls on the name of the Lord, who, who just wants to be a follower of Christ. I want you to have a Christian faith that has life in it, that has breath it has a strong wind in it, in your sails. And to understand this Holy Spirit, ghost, ruach, pneuma, wind, air, what I want to do is I want to take the, a lot of our time today, the most of our next time, uh, time today, is looking at natural wind and characteristics of natural wind. And I want to parallel it with the holy breath and wind of, of God, the Holy Spirit. And... Um, and I want to make him someone special in your life, not something that you're weirded out or scared of or something else. I want you to have a desire of that in your life. Okay, so that's where we're going to go, and, um, and that's where we're headed. So here's some characteristics. The first one about wind. Wind is unseen. Wind is unseen. Okay? Wind is unseen. Um, have you ever just been inside where it's like stale and it's just like kind of just ugh, dead and just not, not, nothing's moving. And you just feel like, and then you walk outside and all of a sudden whew, a breeze hits you. Anybody ever, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like I always think of this like in a spring day where the leaves are on the tree and then, whew, or, or a summer day where you're sitting around and you're just baking. And then all of a sudden that cool breeze comes to you and you go, oh, that, tell me you're willing to say it. That feels so good. Okay, that feels so, so good. And, um, you know, yesterday I was at a wedding. Uh, we did a, a wedding for Dave and Linda Lewis's daughter, um, Liz. And uh, it was down in Haverty Grace in the Van Diver Inn. I don't know if anybody's been down there before. But they have this uh, pavilion out back that's it's a, it's covered, and it has um, sides on it. And right at the time for the wedding, it was it was sunny. And it, it was great. So they got to walk out in the sun. We were in the midst there. We're talking about, you know, I, you know, I, I was talking a little bit about, um, about their relationship and, and just, just a little meditation on love. And, um, and then all of a sudden it started to get darker. And they, they had these plastic zip-up, like, bolt in to the sides. And all of a sudden, but there's a little gap, and it was that, that hard plastic, like what's made out of a, like Jeep sides, you know what I mean? Like that kind of plastic. And all of a sudden, it's going, slap! And people are 
you know, looking. And I said, you know, the wind got your attention. Nobody saw it. They saw the effects of the wind um, as well. But when you go outside and you feel that breeze, you're like, wow, this is just awesome at times. And you experience that. No one, whenever they feel, go out and feels that breeze, goes out and goes, what is that? I'm going to run back inside. Nobody does that. Nobody in the world does that. We, and, and many of us do that with the experience of the Holy Spirit, where somebody will be sitting here, and they don't see anything, and they go, oh my gosh, do you feel that? You're like, what, what, what are you feeling? I ain't feeling nothing. What, what's going on here? People get really messed up that God could actually bring his presence in this place. And, and so by doing that, a lot of us just wonder what's going on. We get a little bit, little bit off here. Like, for instance, um, someone once said, um, you ain't supposed to be running on your feelings. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to feel what you're running on. You know, I mean, as time after time, I real, realize our feelings will often fail us. I get that. I get that. Our feelings will. But sometimes I just want to feel God's presence. And I need to feel that to keep me, to keep me going. So, uh, you know, I, I believe God, I also believe that God's presence is not just to be known, but I believe it is also to be felt and experienced. Um, for when you've, like sometimes I've been, you ever been in a room or a place and all of a sudden you just sense somebody's presence? You haven't seen them yet, but you're like, and you look at you, oh, oh, there you, oh, you're here. You just sense that presence of someone. Or, or, and, I, and I can tell you the opposite. Um, this year having both parents die and Jill and I being with both of them, when they passed away, I felt their presence go. And if anybody's had the opportunity to be there, I can tell you, I looked at somebody who was my father for years and realized he was absent from the body and present with the Lord. And I, I, it wasn't just a thing to make me feel good. I felt it go. Like I felt his last heartbeat and I said, man, he is gone out of here. And with mom, the same way. And that was when they were gone, God took them. So I understand about when somebody comes in a room and you have a presence. I also understand when someone leaves this world, their presence is gone. I remember when we came in here, mom was laid out right here, and dad came in. He was so nervous, a pastor for 43 years. Nervous because the love of his life was here, and he didn't want to, he didn't, was afraid to see her. First thing he did when he turned around this section, said, oh, she's not here. Because the presence, you know when somebody's here and when they're not here. And, and so when somebody is here and goes, oh, my gosh, can you feel the presence of God? You know he's here, even though you may not see him. You know, so, many, so often we think we need to see something in order to believe it. My prayer is every week that you will not only be impressed with Haven's worship team or a video or the phenomenal preaching you get every week <laughs> and the humility that he gives along with that, but I would love for you, in spite of all that, to say, wow, the presence of God is here, and I feel it. That's what, I, that's what we need. That's what we need more than any of that stuff. John 14, 15, and 16 is Jesus at the Last Supper, and he is, it's the last discussion he has with his disciples before he goes to the cross, okay, before he goes to the cross. And what's interesting about this is in these three chapters, most of the conversation does not settle around him. It settles around the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to be alone. So I've been praying to the Father. And here's what he says right here. Let's look at this verse from John chapter 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit, the breath, the pneuma of truth. The word cannot accept him because it doesn't what? Neither sees him nor 
knows him. Stop right there real quick. We're going to look at this. So the advocate, the comforter, the uh, term that um, scholars use is a term that we don't use very much, but it's called the parakletos or the paraclete, which is one who goes alongside of you on your behalf. In the purest form, it's uh, equated to an attorney who goes to court and is there with you on your behalf. That is besides you in making that happen. So this is what the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Numa, the Holy Ruach, the Holy Wind is to be. It is the paraclete, the one who is going to be with you forever. And so what does he say here? He continues on. Um, um, the world cannot accept him. The world will laugh at you. The world will say, what the heck is that? Look at those crazy people doing, you know, with that Holy Spirit stuff. Because they don't see him. And so often we are in a seeing is believing type of way. But faith is being certain of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. That is the definition of faith. And let me tell you, if you are or if you know an atheist, let me tell you, you have as much faith to not believe in God as we have as much faith to believe in God. Because you can't prove it one way or the other. It is a step of faith in either direction. And so the world laughs at them and they can't handle that we might feel something that we don't see. But look at the promise that he gives to us. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And that promise is forever. We don't see him either, but we feel and experience him and know he's here. You know, um, I think many of us may have come into this place after a crazy week, after a couple crazy days, after a crazy life, year, whatever you want to say. And um, you have not, you, you really have nothing and you came into this place and but you need some wind in your sails. And that comes from the Spirit of God, not anything else. And, you know, I, I, I remember um, years ago uh, that, that um, I, I've had, had people come out of church one time, and I remember somebody walking out one time, and they were, they were kind of looking at me. It was a, a new person. And, I, and I, I miss the shaking hands of being out there like that because it gives you a ch chance to, to talk to people. It also gives you some great sermon illustration for other times. Um, but I remember I was out there one time, and this person was coming up, and I was like, you know, how you doing? I said, oh, man, I, I love it. I, I, I don't know, but something's in that room. Something's in there. I said, well, is it good? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back and see it. So, I mean, and, and I know what they're talking about because, you know, there's, there's moments where regardless of what I'm going through in my head, my heart, my life, whatever, that God just takes over and goes. And so this is one of the moments, one of the only moments in the fullness of the week where I feel that God is just doing his thing in and through me and I can just kick back and go along for the ride. And so that's what's happened. So the presence of God is here in this room. And... Um, and I think that's the first thing that we want to talk about. So wind is unseen. Next thing that we want to look at, wind is unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. Wind shifts on you. Anybody ever been someplace where the wind shifts on you? I know football fans always think of this because when they go to kick a field goal, they always talk about, oh, look at the, look at the, uh, the, the flags. Where are they going? Oh, we got to check. It's shifting. It's moving. It's going like this. Oh, so... And there's all that kind of stuff time and time again. Uh, airports, you know, they have those orange cones with the little flags that go out there. That tells the air traffic controllers where the planes can come in because the winds will shift and uh, go time and time again. A lot of us think of Chicago as the windy city, but you know they got that name because they were politicians. A bunch of windbags is what they got. Seriously, if you look back. But it is, you know, there are days when you'll be there and coming off the lakes, that wind changes in, in no time. 
and you're there. Um, many of you around here may have been out on the water where it's nice and calm, and then all of a sudden, wind comes up and just changes and shifts. And many of us don't like a God that, that shifts on us. We want God to be nice and orderly and consistent. Um, and God doesn't work that way. Uh, and you know why? Because if God continued the same way all the time, matter of fact, he said, uh, you, 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 see, you see him like staying the same way. We want God to like be the same and do the same thing and, and do miracles the same way and do everything. But the reason why God doesn't do that is because he knows we would worship the system or the way that he did it rather than him. And we saw that in the book of Exodus where um, God told him to make a pole and many of us saw it back in the days before they had an H for the hospital and it was a snake around it and it was called a caldeceus and it was a symbol of healing because those who were bit by snakes, God told Moses to make this, uh, go ahead and have this pole and people who looked upon it would be saved. And you know what the people did? Scripture tells us they began to worship that pole. And so it had to be destroyed because they worshiped the thing, not the one who used it in and through there. And so that's what God does. He knows that many of us will have an experience and an encounter with God and then assume that the experience is what is holy. And we've done really good jobs at that. We have denominations because of it. Because one person had, and we have religion, because one person had an experience, we group and we say, oh, that's the way God works. And we just... Uh, you know, attach ourselves into that. Now, I, I am saying that there are some things that we need to stand on because if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. And so we do, you can look on our website, we have a statement of faith that we believe in and that we, we have and that is a core part of our faith. One of those is that we have a belief in the Holy Spirit of God. And so those are, statements of faith are important. But there is also this incredible, unpredictable nature to God. And John 3, 8 tells us this. Let's take a look at this here. Jesus answered, the wind, pneuma, that's, that's what he actually translated this. It is the word pneuma, and they actually translated it wind this time. The wind, because it would say the spirit blows wherever it is. It sounds weird. So the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And so if we look at this, you hear the pneuma, moves wherever it is. So, and then what does it say? It says, you hear it, but you cannot tell where it's come from, where it's going. That's Cotton Eye Joe, right? <laughs> All right. So, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit right there, okay? So the Holy Spirit is unpredictable. Don't know where it's come from, where it's go. okay? Um, there we have. So, for instance, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. That changed Moses' life, it changed Israel's life, it changed our lives, all because of that. But that doesn't mean we all go and wait for bushes to start burning, and we start lighting them on fire and saying, okay, God, speak. Because God knows if he did that again, we would worship the burning bush, not, not him. And so that would be like Moses saying, oh, I'm sorry, you had an encounter with God? Joshua, you haven't had that burning bush experience. I'm sorry, wait, go, go wander around the desert till you get that bush on fire. Then you're going to go ahead and there. It's ludicrous to think that God would do that the same way. Um, in the New Testament, Jesus always had people bring, uh, brought to him, particularly when he was healing and people needed healed. And he had a man who brought his friend to him that was a blind man. I love this story because it tells you a lot about Jesus. Um, and he did not say, Jesus, heal him. He came to him and he said, hey, put your hand on him. Why? 
because he saw Jesus put his hands on people and they were healed. Scripture tells us he put his hands on them and they were healed. Put hands on them, they were healed. So the guy says, hey, 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 Jesus, here's my friend. He's blind. Put your hands on him and heal him. And Jesus says, all right. In other words, he didn't do that hand thing. So Jesus knew that he was waiting for the action, not him. So look what Jesus did. Jesus did something. He got his best loogie, spit, and made uh, spit mud. And then he took that spit mud and plopped it in the blind dude's eyes. Now think about that friend for a second. Finally got this guy to come with me to hear this Jesus, and I know Jesus is going to heal him, and he's making mud pies and plopping it in his face with spit. That's disgusting. Wouldn't you be freaked out a little bit if you finally got somebody at church, and I was like, hey, how you doing? Right? Or, yeah, I mean, that's odd. But Jesus wanted to see who he really wanted to connect to, not the thing. And so when you, and a lot of times we go to Jesus, Jesus, you remember how you did that for my friend? Remember how you did that for me? Go back and do that again. Do that again. Come on, God. The same thing. I'm waiting for it. Do the hand thing. And he says, oh, no. All right. And then I love the thing that Jesus told a blind man to go get washed with mud spit in his eyes. He spit in the dirt, made mud, put on his eyes and said, go walk somewhere and find a pool. That's cruel to a blind person. But man did it because he believed in Jesus, not the system. And so we have to be careful to cr not to cram God into a box that only our mind understands and end up worshiping a system. Bottom line is this. We need revival in our world and our country, and it's not going to happen by us getting our systems and our programs and our structures together. It's only going to happen when we get and, and get close to the presence of God. And God might need to spit in some dirt and, and put some stuff on us, some spit salve, I guess. I don't know. All right? So that's that one. Wind is unseen, and, it's, unpredict and he, it's unpredictable. Let's go to the next one. Wind is powerful. Wind is powerful. It generates electricity. It can drive a, a massive ship. I saw um, pictures on Facebook I was, uh, that these uh, tall ships were coming through um, Haverty Grace. I saw that, and they had a lot of pictures of those. Um, the other thing that it can do, it can destroy a city. And um, the world record uh, happen, uh, for wind speed happened April 10th, 1996, with tropical cyclone Olivia. They, they uh, found wind of 254 miles an hour. Yeah. The record in the United States, which was the record for years and years and years, from April 12th, 1934, on Mount Washington, New Hampshire, they tracked a wind that, and this is the largest in the United States, at 231 miles per hour. That'll get your attention, right? That, that is some wind, and that was, um, that was up there. The Congressional Budget Office expected annual in, uh, economic losses from most types of damage caused by hurricane winds and storm-related flooding to total $54 billion, $34 billion in losses to households, $9 billion to commercial businesses, and $12 billion, that's billion, to a public sector. Wind is extremely powerful. A lot of us are going through things in our lives that we can't fix under our human power. We just can't. We're trying. We've tried everything. We've gone in every different area, and we just, 
we're, we are, pun intended, blown away by the winds of this world. We're much like the disciples in the boat that the wind and the storm happens and we feel like we're going to drown. And these were fishermen who were used to being on the, on the boat. And they say, go get the preacher. That means you're scared if you're going to get the preacher. What's he going to do? Hmm? Okay, yeah, bro. But Jesus got up and said, hey, be still. And the wind calmed down. You see, because the powerful breath of God, when Jesus spoke, everything else calmed down. I'd say in our lives, we have some winds of this world that we need Jesus to speak to and just calm and bring it in. A lot of us are going through maybe a tragedy um, that seems to separate ourselves from the power of God, but he can change situations. And maybe because somebody packaged this Holy Spirit and this Holy Ghost in a way that's got us a little bit freaked out, we just need to get that out of our mind, get a blank slate and get right and recognize that um, we need the power of God to blow into the sails of our tall ships and get us going. Look at what it says here um, in Acts chapter 1. Look at what it says. It says, but you will receive power when the holy pneuma comes on you. And you know what? You know what began to happen? That day of Pentecost, which is coming up here, that day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place and a violent rushing wind, the pneuma of God, went into the room and it changed their lives ever before and gave them wind in their sails where they had been grieving the loss of Jesus. They didn't know what to do. You know what I find very interesting? And we'll talk about this later when we get to that. But I find it interesting that the disciples were supposed to go back and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And you know what they did? They went back and they had business meetings because they didn't know what to do. They just said, uh, let's replace Judas. Okay, there we go. Let's, uh, let's take votes. And they did that. And then they said, uh, okay, we did that. Now what? Um, let's do some other. And they, they, got, they had to do something. And Jesus never said, go back and do something. He said, go back and wait. And sometimes the hardest thing for us to do in the midst of our situations is just to wait for God. But when it comes with power, we see what happens. And it comes in amazing ways. So basically what we need to say is, is to, to kind of push out those things that, that freaked us out about the Holy Spirit and just say, God, whatever you have, bring it on. Because I have some stuff in my life that I just can't fix under my own power. And I need you to, to, to sweep it away. I mean, there's, I'm going to show you a picture of a guy. His name's Charles Finney. Anybody ever heard of Charles Finney? Okay, Charles Finney is a what we look at, many people call him the, the father, of, father of modern revivalism in America. He was a 19th century attorney and a Presbyterian minister. And he, he said in his own words, he said that he was comfortable knowing God intellectually. He was good. He knew God intellectually. And his, but in his testimony, he said that his life was lifeless. It was predictable. And he said it was just difficult to live in that bad, dull, just boring, non-life-giving way. And then, when he wasn't even expecting it, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And here's his quote here that we're going to put up here. He said, The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. Isn't that awesome? For I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. You know why? Because it was. There's some here today with many areas of your life 
children, your marriage, your job, your, your, your own life, your direction, your struggles, your, your mind, all those things need some fresh and powerful wind to get your sails going and moving again. So you need that as well. So wind is unseen, unpredictable, powerful. And this one is one of my favorites. Wind is refreshing. You know, you get like in a, like in a hot, when you go get in a hot car and you, you get in there and this is before we had the button, we go beep, beep, you know. But I'm saying, you go, I'm talking about like in the day where you had to. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're much too young, all right? But, but like, I mean, you would, you would get in the car and it was just so, you know, summertime. And the coolest thing is you, you begin to, we'll, we'll do it this way. We, you push the buttons down or you, and then when you start riding down the road and that wind's just blowing, you're like, this is good. Anybody like riding in a, in a convertible? I know some of, some, of you, uh, some of you motorcycle people just love the wind and the stuff rolling on you, right? I mean, just, it's, there's something about that that just feels good, you know, and, and I love it. I remember my grandmother um, years ago had, we were having a surprise 80th birthday party for her, and um, my job was to bring an late, 80s year, uh, late 80-year-old lady from up here, Libby Cannon, some of you may know her, um, from years back, um, down with me. Now, at the time, I had a black CRX. My grandmother's birthday is August 14th. Yeah. And I would just roll down my windows and just let it go. However, I have an 80-plus-year-old lady in here, and I cracked my window this much, and she went, oh, my hair, could you please put that up? I drove two hours soaking wet, and I went over to Dad. I'm like, she made me keep the window up the whole time. It was like 100 degrees by the time we got there. I'm like, I'm dying. I lost five pounds. It was great. But you see what I mean? I could not wait to get that air in my life. And many of us are living life like, ah, God, I'm stale. I'm just so hot. And we just need the spirit to go and take over into our lives and do something awesome and refresh us. Look at what it says in, uh, in, sec- in 1 Corinthians here. Here we have right here. No eye has seen, sorry, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind, as we talked about last week, has conceived. What God has prepared for those who love him but how does God reveal that? Through his pneuma, through his spirit. God wants to reveal that. You know, here's what I'm saying. We all want to see, we all want to see, we all want to hear, we want to see, and we want to hear, we want to see. Don't believe because we want to see. God, I didn't hear that. I didn't, we want to do that. But guess what? If God lets you see a glimpse of what he has prepared for you, you'd be overwhelmed and you say, no way, and run the other direction. If you heard a little bit of what God has prepared for you, you would take off and run like Jonah did. And so God knows you can't handle it, and neither can I. So he says, I'm going to give you a little bit, but when you get more connected to my spirit, then I'll show you a little bit more, and then you'll hear a little bit more. Do you think those disciples would have followed him if they knew every single one of them were going to evangelize all over the world, but yet they were also going to all die a martyr's death? No way, baby. Because they were different. What changed them was the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And that's what changed them to say, the, the, uh, the Apostle Peter that says, you know what, I'm not worthy to be crucified normally. Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus was. That's different. It's different when the disciples gave joy because they received 40 lashes minus one for the sake of, of, of serving Christ. 
It's a different ideology when we see, not see with our eyes and hear with our, our natural ears, but when the Spirit of God breathes life into us. That's what we want to do over the next couple of weeks. We want God to reveal himself to us in his Holy Spirit. And so that's what I'm going to share about. Fortunate, I was fortunate to be raised in, a, in an environment with parents who openly embraced the Holy Spirit. And, and I do believe um, we are in the process of, um, we're going to put up some of um, my father's sermons because we have a ton of them um, so people can listen to them over the years. But one of the pow- most powerful things is this testimony. Um, it has a lot about the Holy Spirit. But Jill and I were raised in, in an environment where, where, if that where we, yes, the Spirit of God was unseen, but his acts were not. Um, where he, he was very unpredictable, where we'd be on a vacation in the beach, and next thing we're, we're having um, prayer sessions and deliverance sessions and all kinds of things. This was, this was our growing up. Um, we saw the power of God change lives um, in many different ways. Um, and we, we saw the refreshing nature of the Spirit of God um, growing up. But there's some people who say, hey, hey, a father, son, but stay away from that Holy Spirit. It's back in the day, and, you know, or we can... We, we compare it to somebody, a pastor I once knew who said, you know, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is like a ceiling fan. What's that supposed to mean? Annoying and throws dust around everywhere? Is that what, you know? I mean, I never got that. But if that's his image of, of, of that, that ain't raising nothing from the dead. That little ceiling fan, I can put on, pull the chain for three. Yeah. And I'm like, get him up, and it's not going to do anything. But that's not the mighty rushing wind and the wind that breathed life into Jesus and got him back up again. And so, so we need to change our image of, what, of, what, uh, of who the Holy Spirit is, not what the Holy Spirit is. And we see, um, so many people say, will say, stay away from that Holy Spirit. Basically what they're saying is stay away from God. Because I do believe that Scripture really reveals to us that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I think our churches are really good at the love of God uh, the grace, because, hey, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I don't deserve it by Jesus Christ and what he did. But, and the fellowship, togetherness, the communion, together, the power of the Holy Spirit. We say, <laughs> and so when we say, no, no, I'm not in for that Holy Spirit, it's basically because we've seen people warp it and twist it, and we're afraid of the method there, rather than recognize if we're saying that we're saying that Jesus promised that would be left with us, so he would be with us. And when we say that, we are alone in this world. So you need him. You may have your own Holy Spirit horror story. I've got plenty of those. But what I want to say to you is take a deep breath and just be open to what God has for you in these next couple weeks. Ephesians chapter 4 in the message says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. He's your daddy, right? Parents here ever had your heart broken by your kids? Anybody? It hurts. Don't break his heart. His holy wind, his holy breath, his holy pneuma and rock is moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So you say, okay, Jack, how can we take a deep breath? Real quickly, here we go. Number one, let go of fears and misperceptions that are not based on scripture. 
So what do you do? I'm going to tell you, don't even trust me. You look at God's word and come at it with a blank slate about the Holy Spirit. If, uh, if you will, you will find out some things. You will find out, and I promise you this, you'll find out the Holy Spirit is not outdated or unbiblical. And he's not spooky or weird. You realize that you need and you'll want him and all that he has to offer. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on your own. Just trust in him. Just trust God. God does not want to mess your life up. We do a good enough job of that ourselves. I mean, I can tell you, for my parents, there were times when I was headed down a path and they're like, you are screwing your life up. And it grieved them. And they didn't want it. They didn't want that to happen. They didn't want that to happen. They didn't want that to happen. Um, time and time again. But when I needed to get my stuff right, they were right there to get me back. How much more? And I feel the same way about my kids. How much more? If my kids, where they screw up completely, come to me and say, I messed up, I want to get this right, and I need help, am I going to say, no. Come to me, and I'm going to make your life worse. No, I'm going to say, if you're serious, let's get it right. And I'll do anything I can. I'll lay down my life. Boy, does that seem very godly for you so you get it well. That's what he did with his son. Laid down his life so that you and I can get it right. So that's, that's what we do. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. He is not going to make you insane and wear the makeup. You dress in your way, in modesty or whatever, in the way you want to. But ultimately, it doesn't say, and therefore, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have to take all of Mary Kay's products and put on your face. No. It doesn't say that. That's other junk in our lives. So that's the first thing. Get, let go of those things. Let go of those things. Second thing is, go all in. Go all in. I always love people who go to the beach and they never get in the water. Now, I know some people are freaked out. People, I, yeah, I saw one of those infrared things and know there's sharks and stuff out there, but anyway. Um, but, you know, like people say, I went to the beach and they stay up on the boardwalk. Are you really at the beach? No. Okay, there you go. I'm with you. I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> Get in there, okay? But that's just, that's just part of what, what I've always think. Um, the, I, I want to say this for every topic we ever talk about. Go all in. Go all in. Um, because, uh, you know, if we, if we say, I, you know, I have Jesus in my life. I believe in him. I've accepted his grace for, uh, for my salvation. But then we do a little bit of church here and there. A little bit of church here and there. A little bit. And then we do a, 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 little, bit, a little bit of church there. And then we uh, do a little bit of Bible here, a little bit of praying here. Pray when we're in trouble. You know, like the one that starts, oh, God, can you get me out of this mess? That's when we pray. Um, uh, or we play Bible roulette. You know what Bible roulette is? Yep. You go around and around it goes where it stops. Nobody knows. Let's look here what verse. I got it upside down. Okay, there we go. Um, it took Solomon 13 years, however, to complete the destruction of the palace. That doesn't mean anything. We go again. You go, oh, let's try the New Testament one here. Let's go here. Oh, right here. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then when I come to see you, I will not only hear about my absence, I will also know that you stand firm in the one spirit. That doesn't help me. And we keep going around and around until we get something, and that's how we use our Bibles, like it's a big roulette wheel. And we go time and time again. It's, I'm going to tell you, it's never going to work unless you go all in. Never going to. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this right here. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Notice there's a condition here. 
The condition is, hey, God says, hey, you can, you, you will seek me and you'll find me. Remember the other week, several months back, I was talking about God, hide and seek. Okay, but, and I talked about the joy of hide and seek is the searching for them. And I was like, yay, when you find them. God wants you to seek him. His promise is that you're going to find him. He's not like going to say, I'm never going to let you find me in hide and seek. But he's saying, I'm not going to, if you play hide and seek and you go like this, and Keith's back there hiding, and I go, all right, ready or not, here I come. Where are you? No, nope, you're not here. I give up. Or I might walk a little bit here, look at that chair. Nah. Keith wants me to find him. That's part of the excitement. God wants you to find him. And so he says, but you're only going to find me when you seek me with your whole heart. In order to find Keith, I have to go all the way back there. I have to look. I may have to look in several different places. I may get off path, and I may get back on, and I might be like that warmer, warmer, warmer. Ah, I found him, yay. And when you find him, it's just elation. So that's what he wants. Seek me and find me with your whole heart. Don't try to filter God. I think that's one of our biggest problems. We, 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 we often say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in with this Holy Spirit thing, but you better behave yourself. You know, I, you know, I, I remember when I, when I was baptized in an event, but then there came a time where I just wanted to do it out of profession of myself and did it in a pool. Um, and I remember, um, I remember because we were raised in this Methodistal household, as I call it, where, you know, the gifts of the Spirit were here and there. And, and I remember going to be put under, and we had heard this baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll get to all that stuff just hanging here. And I remember going on that water. I'm saying, God, don't you dare have me coming up speaking anything but English, right? And I remember saying that. I remember saying it. I came up and I was like, hi. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? But a lot of times we do that. We tell God, I'm going to do this, but you're going to behave yourself and do that that way. Where our prayer should be, God, if you have it for me, I want it. Third thing, and this is one of the greatest ones, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is ultimately his role. God the Father has a role. Jesus the Son has a role. The Holy Spirit has a role. All those roles are needed in your life and they're discussed in one verse in the Bible. Isn't it cool how God is? So, um, and it's actually a great benediction. What is a benediction? It's kind of a closing prayer. And you've heard it before. Here it is in the New King James Version. It says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's an amazing, this, this is an amazing answer to my prayers for all of you, that you would understand and experience each of these roles in your life. Um, let me show you this. It's Second Corinthians. Let me show you this again in the message version. And I just like how it's written. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love. We're just saying that your love is extravagant. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you, with all of you. Amen. The intimate friendship. The song we sang is one that we, we've had it there for a long time, but we just finally sang it today. Your love is extravagant. Your friendship is intimate. There's two of those areas of uh, God's, God's role. My fear is that you're going to know the Father and Jesus the Son You're going to receive what he did for you on the cross, but you're going to live life never knowing the fullness of an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit of God.
And I want that for everyone. So as we wrap up here today, here we go. God the Father loves me. The role of God is God the Father loves me, and that's the role of him. Some of you here just need to hear that today. You cannot receive God's love because maybe you had some issues with, uh, when you hear the term father, that you have some major issues, not caused by you, but maybe by the person who filled that earthly role. Let me tell you, uh, whenever there is a relationship broken down like that, it comes from Satan. He wants to divide and, 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 and conquer us. But where your earthly father may have failed you, your heavenly father never will. Amen. So you need healing to understand that you have a heavenly daddy who loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you even when you mess up. I love my kids even when they mess up. Sometimes I even love them more because I know they need me more. And even though it breaks my heart when they mess up, I just know that, like God, I would give myself for them. And that's what he did. He gave his son. And I love you guys. I mean, I, I pray for all you guys all, all week. And there, I may be in the top five people who really love you. Maybe. Depends on how lovable you are. But I can tell you, I would not give my kids for you. But God did. That's the role of the father because he loves you. God the son, he saves me. Remember, remember, uh, the scripture says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus saves me. I think this is one of the reasons why we have most of our songs geared to Jesus, because he saved us. He paid a bill I could not pay, and he rescued me from something I could not get out of. And most people stop here. But what's the role of the Spirit? God, the Holy Spirit is with me. That's the Holy Spirit's role. Have you looked around in this world? We need the presence of God with us each and every day. Because many of us are a sailboat with no wind. And there you go, Patty. Several years ago, we did a series on a book, a series called Fresh Wind. I mean, excuse me. Um, what is it? Lost it. It was right here. It was a nice series. Um, <laughs> Lost it. No, it's, um, mm -hmm, I'll, figure, I'll think of it later. It was the one um, where we, you'll, you'll know where I'm going, those of you who've been here um, before. But there was a, a it was a <laughs> pastor of Highlands Church. Fresh air. fresh air, thank you. I need some fresh brain waves, I guess. Um, thank you, fresh air. Um, and in there, he, he gave a great example and talked about the doldrums. And we use the doldrums as a euphemism them from being like in the middle of something. But there is a place around the equator called the doldrums. It's where the trade winds from the north go one way and the trade winds from the south go another way. And so in between those areas, there is absolutely no wind at all. And long before they ever had power boats, people would be cruising along. They get into the doldrums and they could never get out. And they just died there. Some of you are in the doldrums of your life. And you're just there, caught in between winds and just, you've been, you've been just surviving. And you feel like you're dying. 
And so you just need to have some ruach, some pneuma, a blast of fresh air, and open up your life to the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you for reminding us that your love is extravagant. That your grace is awesome, it's amazing. But God, let us not just stop with amazing grace and extravagant love. Let's recognize that your friendship is intimate. That you want, we talk about a personal relationship with God, yet for so many of us, we feel that you are so far removed. And why is that? Well, I think in many ways, Lord, it's because that, that we're, we're living off of grace and love and not fellowship and power. So right now, Lord, I just say wherever we are in our minds and in our hearts, in our lives, in our relationships, I just ask that you breathe new life into them. It's pretty amazing that the, from the earliest point of creation, you formed Adam together from the dust of the earth and everything else was good and it seemed like he was put together except for something was missing and what was missing your breath so you breathe life into him you breathe life into him and by breathing life into him he came alive or we can even talk about the valley of dry bones where Ezekiel said, how can these dry bones live again? And a wind came and started to connect tendon upon tendon and muscle upon muscle and flesh upon flesh and then breathe life into them. And God, right now, many of us are in the doldrums of our lives in that valley of dry bones. So right now, Lord, I pray that your fresh air, your wind, your ruach will, will blow into this room and fill us with your presence. Let us know that you are right here with us right now. God, we love you. And for those of us who, who may have never even gotten to the fact that you needed to hear today that God the Father has a role and that's to love you unconditionally. And he loves you so much that he sent his son to save you. You say, what do I need saving from? From yourself. From this thing that churches call sin, but just means you've missed the mark of what God intended. And let me tell you, you say, I don't see it, I don't hear it, but guess what? If God gave you a glimpse of it, you couldn't handle it. So go to him. Say, okay, God, I'm gonna accept your gift of love I'm going to accept that you, you're going to save me. But more importantly, over these next four weeks at least, I'm going to have a blank slate and I want to know your intimate friendship and power. So God, here we are today. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, be an intimate friend to us this whole day and this entire week as you come to know us more and more and we get closer to you. May your name be lifted higher and may our, our past be set on the right way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's please stand.
great week in Jesus, and may the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship, communion, and power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. See you next week. More Holy Spirit. God bless. Happy Mother's Day.